Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Yes, I am back. You know, uh, I apologize for my absence. I had joined the Peace Corps for a couple weeks, and I was being very philanthropic with my time, you know, building churches, uh, helping the less fortunate. And um, I apologize. I-, I apologize that you had to deal with the muck of uh, Bo Brock's singular podcast over the last couple weeks, individual podcast. Listen, sometimes you have to be removed from a situation for people to appreciate how much you bring to the table, and I feel like starting right this second, uh, everybody's going to appreciate me a little bit more now that uh, they saw what it's like with me gone for an extended period of time. Yeah, you know what, Alex, the Locked On Cardinals uh, listeners, the audience, they, they had a weird feeling while you were gone, and that feeling was actually they felt informed and entertained. So, yeah, I, I just I apologize for them having to feel that, just how odd it was. Uh, to actually feel coming away satisfied from listening to the podcast. Now now they can get back into the old rigmarole of uh, just hating the listening experience. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you. You know what? I'm sure that they were informed and uh, satisfied with your tree building, uh, your treehouse building exposés. I'm not exactly sure what they do with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sure you must not have talked about them a lot if that was the situation that they were dealing with. Yeah. Satisfied has a bunch of different faces. You know, and uh, regarding the Arizona Cardinals in the informed uh, opinion of you, that is not something they normally feel. So I'm sure that that's not what you were talking about, but let's move on. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Uh, Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Listen to Locked on Cardinals with Alex Clancy and Bo Brock. Obviously, you know, without me. This isn't much. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo. At Bob Brack, you can follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Uh, you know, a lot's happened since I've been gone. Um, you know, I have a lot of calluses on my hands. Um, you know, uh, 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 you know, just building edifices for all people to see. You know, it's it, it was really a, it was a beautiful thing, and I apologize that I've been gone. But Carson Palmer is now in the ring of honor. Uh, Bo, uh. Bo's talked about pretty much every little thing we're going to talk about here in the first segment, but... It, it's kind of bringing the family together and kind of going back and forth with these things. Bo, your original, yeah. your initial thought with Carson Palmer in that ring? Uh, he belongs. He absolutely belongs, and this is a move for the organization to honor a guy who is who showed that this franchise can be successful in recent years. This isn't, you know, Anquan Bolden. I was. Because a lot of people came to the defense of Anquan Bolden Q, how he deserves to be in that ring of honor before Carson Palmer. And I get that side of the argument, but I think what the Cardinals are trying to do is show that they had a hero. They had somebody to cheer for uh, in Carson Palmer in recent history, just one year removed, just a horrible Sam Bradford quarterback experiment and Josh Rosen one year removed from Kyler Murray was Carson Palmer, uh, who took this franchise to heights that it, it's rarely seen outside of Kurt Warner. And if you look at the numbers statistically, Palmer is right up there with Warner. And uh, he, he belongs, and I think it's just they're trying to show in recent history that they were uh, a, a major fixture in the NFL only to fall off in 2018 with an invisible season. You know, I, I agree, and it, we're definitely in the severe minority with this. They're like, oh, man, yeah. it's a travesty. Why would you? He's only been with the team five years. Arguably, he was the best Cardinals quarterback ever. Are, yeah, there is no a conversation for that, especially with the sustained success over three seasons, something that Kurt Warner, even though he made a Super Bowl, 
I have an interesting take on this. Even though he made a Super Bowl, they were technic- they were by some accounts the worst team to ever be in a Super Bowl. Because they made the wild card, they went on this magical run, and, you know, Kurt Warner, to some people, won that Super Bowl. And he still gets credit for Santonio Holmes' catch not being a catch. When you talk to Cardinals fans, you're like, oh, we won that Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 that that was a win. They got screwed by the refs. Kurt Warner, Super Bowl winner. That's part of the reason why he got in, because people give him credit for a win, even though they lost. And Carson Palmer... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it just people people kind of misremember the past as far as Kurt Warner and how long that that success was. It was basically a two to three year window, uh, which is shorter than the five years that Carson Palmer was. And if you look at Palmer's tenure, and he was oft injured at the end of this thing, to where when he wasn't in the lineup, the team wasn't successful. His first three years, the Arizona Cardinals, for the first time in franchise history had won double-digit games in the first three seasons. And that was a product of consistent quarterback play. We look at Bruce Arians and how he's been successful in the NFL, and that only comes with how his quarterback goes. When it's guys like Blaine Gabbert or Drew Stanton under center, his offense isn't nearly as effective. When you have a guy like Carson Palmer, that's when things are really rolling, and uh, he was important. I think the one thing that, uh, that Palmer is – maybe criticized about too much is how quiet he was in the media. And there was really no reason for him to kind of get out in front. Kurt Warner was just a darling of the media ever since he joined the league because he was stocking shelves and he was this great underdog story where Palmer didn't have that. He was the number one overall pick out of UC, uh, I'm sorry, Southern California. And, uh, you know, people just didn't see him as an underdog and kind of looked at his career maybe as a failure because he didn't have a lot of postseason success. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals, back together again. That's interesting. I I thought that you were going to go the other way, so I'm happy that, you know, uh, rationality is maybe starting to be infused into your bloodstream since I've been gone. You know, I I will say this. I will say this, that you are grading on a curve, right? I mean, it's not – this is – would Carson Palmer crack the ring of honor for the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants or uh, the New England Patriots? Absolutely not. But this is you when you have small victories and you're a budding franchise, your franchise that's trying to build something in the Arizona Cardinals, you have to kind of applaud your successes no matter how small they are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is like this is like if Josh Gordon were to have three thirteen hundred yard receiving seasons in a row and then leave the Browns, he would be in the ring of honor because they have nobody else. I mean, it's like all these guys that are calling for the old school Cardinals, the ones that were in St. Louis, etc. There is a line of demarcation. There's, a, I mean, a statute of limitations for being in the Ring of Honor. Right? This isn't the Hall of Fame where it's like, oh, it's his last time on the ballot. Let's get him in. Carson Palmer was the most recent, most impactful quarterback and probably player not named Larry Fitzgerald. You know, in the last five or seven years, eight years. So it seems like a no brainer to me. So let me ask you this. Yeah. If, if David Johnson, for whatever reason, had to retire tomorrow because of migraines or whatever, absolutely not. Fit, he doesn't get into the Ring of Honor. Absolutely not. Okay, I, I, I thought that his case would have just been as strong if as Palmer's to where it, it was a very small sample size, but he did offer big return during his his uh, short tenure. It was one year. I, I mean, and Carson Palmer was a guy that what he threw. 35 touchdowns in 2015. I think he had, what, like 26 after that. I mean, he his, his numbers were sneaky good, but 
Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was trying to make the case for, for DJ in the same sense of Palmer. And you might be right, but uh, I think that there would be a contingent of Cardinals fans that would want to see David Johnson in that ring of honor if, if, his, if his career was basically the 2016 season. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but I think being a quarterback in this situation pulls more weight. And listen, DJ showed flashes in that year and a half before he broke his wrist. He showed, he showed flashes of brilliance where he's going to be the next great running back in the league. But when it comes to how the team was constructed after Carson Palmer left, he didn't have a shot. And there's so much luck involved with how these things happen, how the NFL, how NFL careers happen. Um, he was on the wrong side of that luck coin, at least so far. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. I'm not saying that it's the door is shut, but, uh, you know, Carson Palmer just... Cardinals have been a bad franchise for a long time, since their inception, pretty much, aside from a couple, you know, little playoff runs, NFC Championship run, and then uh, the, the Super Bowl run that one time against the Steelers. We're going to talk about somebody that the Arizona Cardinals claimed um, off waivers today, and talk about somebody that Bo talked about yesterday that plays in the same, I don't know, position somewhat uh, on the football field. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, we'll be right back. We're back at it. Locked on Cardinals, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Brack, and the show Twitter, at Locked on AZ Cards. Big thanks for everybody for tuning in, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and our new podcast carrier, Himalaya. Himalaya, it's free. It's easy to use it. It has every single podcast you love and are searching for. Personally curated playlists made just for you by expert podcast tastemakers. Uh, that's easy to find out there. And Himalaya is the app that you need and the app that uh, you deserve. So check it out. You can find it wherever you find your podcast, uh, your, your podcast apps, the App Store, Google Play Store. And don't forget to check out Locked on Cardinals when you are there. So the Arizona Cardinals have claimed Desmond Harrison off waivers. He's an offensive lineman from the Cleveland Browns. He was undrafted. And then uh, Hugh Jackson thought it was a good idea last year to just throw him in the starting lineup. And uh, he played a couple games, and then he didn't play again. So the Cardinals waiver, how the waiver works, Cardinals can can uh, grab whoever they want. They have the first waiver priority all offseason, and... Uh, they just brought, they're going to bring him in, and who knows? I mean, this is kind of trying to catch lightning in a bottle here. Bo talked about Trent Williams yesterday and his unhappiness with the Washington Redskins. He has a, a hefty price tag, especially for what the Cardinals are trying to do with divvy up money across the board, it seems like, not pay anybody too much. And they still believe in DJ Humphrey. So I'm not sure if that'll happen. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this right. is just a low-impact, potentially medium-reward for a kid that was undrafted that didn't show much in his first stint with the Browns, is that about fair? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, as you mentioned, went undrafted out of West Georgia. Yes, there is a university there. They do have a football program. And Harrison went undrafted. He signed a three-year deal worth $1.71 million. That, that's the entire contract right there. So he stands to make base salaries of five hundred dollars and $660,000 over the next two seasons. So it's basically chump change for a premium position, a position of need across the board for the Arizona Cardinals. They're just kind of trying to flood the position or the offensive line by numbers. As far as Harrison's concerned, you mentioned he, uh, he started eight games for the Browns at left tackle. He beat out Greg Robinson. 
But, you know, as far as how he impacted the game, Pro Football Focus had him number 67 out of 80 qualifying tackles. So that's not that impactful. But then again, here's a guy, he's 25 years old. You've got him under contract for the next couple of years. If he doesn't work, you just kind of toss him aside. But you mentioned if you're going to ride or die with D.J. Humphreys, a guy who's notorious or infamous for not being able to stay on the football field, you do have to have a backup plan, and it has to stretch beyond Marcus Gilbert, another guy who has a trouble staying on the field. So I, I, I don't. it's low risk, like you said, but at the same time, do I expect him to turn into a franchise left tackle? No. Yeah, it's uh... – I'm I'm all good with the numbers. Try and get somebody. Isn't it crazy? Greg Robinson was the number two overall pick a couple years ago, and yeah. an undrafted rookie beats him out. It shows that there's still such it's such a crapshoot with the NFL draft and what's going to translate. There's no such thing as a can't miss. There just isn't. There's no such thing. And when it comes to quarterback, I mean RG three was almost a can't miss, right? Not as much as Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck's gone through his own trials and. And, and mm-hmm. it, Greg Robinson was supposed to be a can't miss, and he wasn't. He's beat up by an undrafted free agent. So why can't the opposite be true? Like, why can't this kid come in and wreak havoc on DJ Humphreys and end up starting? I mean, getting reps as an offensive lineman in, in the pros is is obviously paramount to your success. And you know, we'll see. I mean, this is probably a low impact, probably be cut before training camp. But you know, why the hell not? You have the number one waiver priority. You may as well sure. utilize it. Yeah, very low risk, as we as we mentioned. As far as the re- rewards concerned, it's just you're playing with house money with a player like this. You know, the thing that is concerning is the way that Harrison got here, because he was he continued to be low risk for the Browns, but they decided, hey, it's not worth it for us. But they're a team in a completely different position than the Arizona Cardinals. They're a team that have high expectations this year. Baker Mayfield. This is maybe a conversation we can get into today or tomorrow. I know you wanted to talk about it earlier this week, but uh, you continued to be uh, uh, your truancy officer wasn't holding you accountable, and you you just didn't show up. So as far as Baker Mayfield and holding his players in that locker room accountable, Harrison was a guy that was tardy. He was a you know as far as to um, his responsibilities to the team, and they just decided to cut bait on him. So is there more to the story? Maybe but maybe a fresh start is all he needed uh, for the second-year player out of Western. Where is he from? Western Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. It's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> it's what I hear. I don't know. It's what I hear. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. You know, I do want to talk about Baker Mayfield. Uh, okay. This story is a couple days old, and I apologize for that. But it's something that's evergreen in the topic uh, you know, around which we're going to be discussing. That's next. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We'll be right back. All right, third segment, final segment, Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. You can listen to me on the Freaks 1 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix. And Bo's got some stuff working. He just moved into the moved up to the Pacific Northwest, tried his hand at a door-to-door Birkenstock salesman. Didn't work out so well. Uh, so he's on his free time. You know, he's building tree houses. And um, he hopefully will be, he'll be soon back with the iHeart affiliate up there or something of that ilk. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the unfortunate reality of selling Birkenstocks is that they uh, they just last forever, you know? Nobody <laughs> needs a new right. pair. Damn <laughs> it's it. It's a quality product. It's a quality product. <laughs> a quality product. Another quality product, uh, Grip 6. Today's show is brought to you by Grip 6. Ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip 6. 
Grip6.com. It has a special offer for you. If you go to Grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E, go to Grip6.com. Great belts, Grip6 belts. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. So Baker Mayfield came out with Duke Johnson's unrest and unhappiness with his role. And listen, Duke Johnson has every right to be upset. Well, it, it's more of like a self-reflection time for him where they draft Nick Chubb, or they, they sign Carlos Hyde, draft Nick Chubb, and now after Kareem Hunt was cut by the, by the Chiefs, he is now a part of that franchise. Carlos Hyde is now gone, but it's been a revolving door of running backs not named Duke Johnson as a focal point of the offense. So he's kind of fed up with it, he, and he said that you know he's unhappy. Baker Mayfield came out and said, yo, it's us or everybody else. And Baker Mayfield has been notorious for kind of having this just just swag. I hate when people use the word swag, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better phrase now. He has this inherent confidence and lookability of he belongs on a football field. He belongs as a leader of men, and he belongs to be you know an NFL quarterback. So when he came out and said this, there were people that scoffed at it, like, hey, dude, chill out. You just finished your rookie year. What do you know? What do you know about picking sides? What do you know about going to it? It's so stupid. I love it. When, in, in the day and age of, well, you know, we're going to go out there and, and, and we're going to give them our best shot. And, you know, if we lose and we're going to come back the next day and we're going to work, and, you know, it's Tuesday and we're going to, it's like, shut the hell up. I don't want the rhetoric. I want people to actually be humans about things. And he's like, listen, if you're not with us, you're against us. Cool. If there's a question about who is the leader of the Arizona Cardinals, all that does is beg more questions. But who would be the leader of the Cardinals? I think it would be uh, Larry Fitzgerald right now. I guess, and Larry uh, hasn't said a word in seven years. I mean, it's like comparatively yeah, it, speaking. Yeah, I think a guy like Tyler Murray is already earning respect. We've seen his uh, pads getting carried, usually uh, something rookies do in their first season, but uh, Kyler Murray getting his pads taken care of in OTA. So not your typical uh, franchise, not your typical rookie. You know, it's interesting about Duke Johnson and, you know, the comments from Baker Mayfield and then also first-year head coach Freddie Kitchen is basically asking him to be professional and that he's just flat-out under contract according to Kitchens. And they're both right. And I wouldn't have a problem with Duke Johnson requesting a trade if he was on his first contract. But this is a guy that signed a three-year deal worth over $15 million and got $5 million just to sign. Uh, and he's part of a team with high expectations. I don't know why you'd want out of Cleveland at this point with such high expectations, such a fun roster. I mean, you got the first-year head coach. you got the second-year quarterback. You've got OD, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. coming to town with Jarvis Landry. Uh, so many weapons there. Why would Duke Johnson – I mean, he knows his role. He's a third-down back. He's a receiving back. He's going to get his opportunities. Despite, you know, Kareem Hunt being back in the lineup probably by week nine. And then, of course, Nick Chubb's your, your bell cow. I mean, here's the thing. For a dude that's never been part of a team before last season, in his first three years, the Browns won four games for Duke Johnson. Last year was a step up. At this point, why the hell? Yeah, wouldn't you want to stick? You already got paid. Maybe a little bit more than your market value. Why would you not want to ride this? I mean, this may just be, you know, he's got some incentives in his contract where he needs to be on the field a certain amount of time. He needs to gain a certain amount of yards, catch a certain amount of balls. I don't know. Yeah. But 
He is the person. He was their best receiver for like a year and a half. The dude gets so many looks, even though there's going to be so many other names. Nick Chubb is probably going to go through his sophomore slump, I would think. This is the year they need him probably more than ever. And I don't understand why people who aren't like a top, he wasn't a top five pick. I just don't understand why, yeah, as you said, just chill. Just play football, man. Win 10 games. Go to the playoffs. Right. I just, I don't get it. You got paid. You you have a pretty distinct role in that offense. It's not going to go anywhere. Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt are very talented backs, uh, but you're still going to have your role in that offense. I, I, just, I don't understand it. It's it's kind of silly. That I do like uh, I do like Baker getting after people who really have irrational um, beefs with the organization, especially when they're in such a good spot like the Browns are going into the 2019 season. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, and listen, just to touch on Baker Mayfield before we get out of here, he is looking like right now one of the. He, he's a leader. He, he's, he's in with the guys that have been veterans for 10 or 12 seasons. At this point, I would rather have him over Matt Stafford, a guy that's been in the league several years. Just yeah. optics are so important. Even though, as media members, we're not in the damn locker rooms when they're having their closed-door meetings. I don't know Matt Stafford from a door in the wall aside from what he looks like. But what I do know is I've seen several years of, of futility with the Lions with Matt Stafford at the helm. I see him making a lot of money, and I see Baker Mayfield just coming in and seeing exactly what you want a leader to be. Somebody that people trust, somebody that people look at, somebody that people listen to. And when it comes down to it, with how the NFL players and how they talk about rivals, it's us or them. You have to pick one. There's no waffling, so I completely understand why Baker did this. Maybe he'll be in a couple more years, he'll be a little bit more polished with how he does it. More power to him for just doing it the way he knows how in his second year. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? You just keep bringing it back to the Cardinals conversation about Larry Fitzgerald and how he's been talking about Kyler Murray and just how he grasped the offense. Is That's the most important thing right now for Murray. Is He doesn't have to be, at this point in his career, Baker Mayfield. And what Mayfield's doing, Mayfield had a historic rookie season, he backed up being selected number one overall. Kyler Murray has to back it up with his play and his grasp of the offense, and then everything else can come secondary. He can start blowing guys up next at this point next year. Right now, that the fact that he's not holding guys accountable, that's not his job. Agreed. Agreed. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Um, this is probably the most serendipitous podcast we'll ever do. Um, Bo's finally got, you know, he's got his crutch back. Uh, he doesn't have to, I don't know, just <laughs> scream at the clouds, but just in a nice way. Like, I do it in a mean way. He does it in a nice way. Right. He he mm-hmm. he inceptions you to thinking he's a nice guy, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you're you're lost beyond reproach if you believe that. That's just, that, that's right. my, the more you know, old NBC star at the end. That, that That's right. my thing. That's my thing. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, we'll check you guys tomorrow.